Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sardellas Podcast Good morning, Dada Gracias, Ariela. Familia, if you're bicultural and or biracial, there's a unique struggle that you go through that others who aren't don't experience. The struggle is that you sometimes feel like you're not enough of one side or the other. You feel like you have to prove to people from either side that you do belong. Por ejemplo, if you're Mexican-American, right? Uh-huh. But some people might not think you're Mexican enough. They'll be like, nah, esta compa está whitewash, esta morra está, she's a coconut, brown on the outside, yeah. but white in the middle, you know? Our awesome guest and friend, Karina de Santiago, will be joining us el día de hoy, talking about how do you deal with this identity struggle and how do you raise a bicultural or biracial kid to grow up being proud of all that they are and most importantly, knowing that they are enough Ooh, just the way they are. I love that. Coming up next, we'll dive into that. Before we continue, I'd like to thank God for giving us the opportunity to hang out with you again. My name is Edgar Sotelo, also known as your boy, and this is my beautiful wife, Janet. Hola, hola. Known as Showgirl. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to welcome our good friend, Karina de Santiago. Hola, Karina. Hola, Karina. Hola, how are you guys? Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You also got to check out Karina's podcast. She has a great podcast called Birth and Stuff. <laughs> Karina, thank you for being with us. And thank you so much for sending me the idea to talk about this. And if I may, I want to share a little bit of the DM that you sent me that inspired this topic today. Of course. It says, hey, I feel like this is something I definitely don't talk about to many people, but maybe a lot of other people who feel like me don't mention it either. It's about feeling like I'm in this weird limbo between not being Mexican enough and being too American but not white enough, mm. if that makes any sense. For example, my mom didn't really make a point of ensuring that I grew up knowing my Mexican heritage or celebrating things like El 16 de Septiembre, which is Mexican Independence Day. I feel like we were very American in a way. Also, my mom came here and finished middle school and high school and learned English so quickly that she assimilated right away. Nice. I asked her about this, and it's interesting what she had to say. And that's what we want to dive into, Karina. First and foremost, you are Mexican-American, and where are your parents from? My dad is from Plateros, Zacatecas, and my mom is from La Estación, um, also in Zacatecas. And growing up, being a first-generation Mexican-American, right? So you're born aquí en los Estados Unidos, mm -hmm. and your parents are immigrants. Did you go back and visit Mexico a lot? I did, and I had so much family there. And it was always so crazy to me to think like, I have all this family that I'm connected to here. And just because I was born somewhere else, like we had not so little in common, but I just felt so 
different, right, than them for some reason, just because I was born in the U.S. And it's so interesting, right? Because even as we use the word, like, I'm not American enough, right? I was thinking about that before we started the podcast, Karina. And I think we connect American with being white. Yeah. But in reality, nowadays, being American can be you're from all different walks of life. Yeah, right. right? But it's interesting how we assimilate that, how we connect that to white. American. Uh-huh. White culture, yeah. right? I think for moving forward, if you're comfortable with it, I like to say, like, sometimes we don't feel like we're white White enough. enough. Yeah. Not necessarily American enough, because being American can mean so many different cultures being a melting pot into what is American culture, which is all these beautiful immigrants that those lados mm-hmm. united in one country, right? Yeah. And I think what you're trying to say is because everything we listen to on the radio or the TV or what we watch on TV is just like white people, right? Casi la mayoría. Yeah. <laughs> like so the like, majority. Where do we get that connection yeah. that being American is being white? Yeah. Because it's what we see, what we hear. In pop culture, in television, in movies, like you said, but obviously the true Americans are the Native Americans, right? Yeah. But Karina, going back to your story, what would you say was the first experience besides visiting Mexico where you felt like maybe you weren't Mexicana enough? I don't feel like I ever really even thought about it too much growing up until more recently that I had my own kid and had to start thinking, you know, how do I ensure that he knows he's Mexican growing up? You know, and he is he is this beautiful thing. He is Mexican-American. He was born here in the U.S., but he has these beautiful Mexican roots and how does he know, like, yes, I speak Spanish and I speak English and I, you know, I know what my culture is. And as I started kind of thinking about that in the terms of a parent, I was thinking, you know, why do, why do I have to ask myself that question? Why didn't I grow up with that same thought in mind, you know, for my own parents? Isn't it funny that we start thinking like that after we have kids? Right. (laughs) Like what kind of, experience do we want them to have exactly as they're growing up in school and for me growing up all i would watch was novelas <laughs> i couldn't speak english at home so it was totally different and here um you know you and i edgar talk to the girls in spanish but then they end up going to church and it's english and babysitter right. it's english and tv show so it's really really complicated you and know it's interesting that we're talking about the language right because when you look at what contributes to you not feeling like you're enough of one culture and or enough of one of your races that you're built of. And if we take this example, Mexican-American is like, I would say it's language. If you don't know the language, Espanol, if you don't know Spanish, you could feel like you're not enough. Mm-hmm. Also traditions or heritage, right? Like certain costumbres and how you celebrate holidays and so on and so forth. Yeah. And number three, like pop culture, right? Like, do you know the music? Do you know the movies? Do you know the sayings? Oh, yeah. El albur or el cotorreo, you know? Those are the things that maybe at times don't make you feel like you are enough. Yeah. Growing up, that's why it was so important for me to have my faith in God because I felt like I was enough in my faith in God. Like my identity wasn't so much Mexican-American, which is important, Mm -hmm. but it was like I'm a son of God. And that way we are a whole and we don't feel like we're looking to belong to a certain group, which is very natural for us to try to feel like we belong, you know? Also, with our children, that's what we're trying to teach them. It's like, first and foremost, you're a daughter of God. Yeah. And you are perfectly and wonderfully made. And then you have all these cool things above that, right? You're Mexican and you're American. And there's all these decoraciones. Like, I'm thinking of a cake because I'm hungry. (laughs) But, like, you're decorated with all these other beautiful things, you know? All these layers, right, of their identity. Exactly. Karina, for you, when you thought about that for your son, right? 
And like, how am I going to make sure that he is proud of both cultures? What things started popping up in your mind? And did you go to your mom for any wisdom? Yeah. One of the things that also entered my mind at that point was my nephew. He's now 18 years old and he didn't realize he was Mexican until he was like 10 or 11. And we were having this conversation and he's like, what do you mean? Like he honestly, he grew up not knowing Spanish, you know, he knew that we spoke Spanish around him and in the house and he knew like Mexican things, you know, like the culture that we were surrounded in. But then he like didn't even like it didn't click to him that that was part of his culture. And so it kind of just got me thinking, like, I never want my son to grow up thinking, you know, oh, I didn't realize that all along because no one kind of ingrained it in him, you know, or said, oh, this is, you know, this is, this is I can't talk. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. And I don't want him to do what I do in getting choked up when you try to say something in Spanish, especially I feel like a lot of us Mexican-Americans, we do get choked up around other people that speak Spanish more fluently than us because we we are so in our heads, right? And we're so- um, Conscious about that. Yeah. And, and it's like, I always get nervous, like, oh, I can't conjugate this verb or I can't do this. And they're going to laugh at me and they're going to say, why are you even trying? You know, and instead I should think they should be proud that I'm trying and that I'm trying to keep it up and that I'm, you know, doing what I can. Mm -hmm. I may be showing my son broken English and broken Spanish. I mean, but I'm doing something for him to know, you know, like (laughs) that, that that's part of him. And so, yes, I did go to my mom. And when I had, I started having these thoughts, I, you know, I asked her, why did we not celebrate, you know, go to, and we lived in LA, like I grew up in LA. So it's not like there wasn't opportunities, you know, to go to a bunch of fun festivals or whatever it may be. But I asked her, why did you, you know, keep speaking English to me or my whole life? She would speak to me in Spanish and I would respond in English. And that was just how we had a conversation. And we never noticed it. I didn't notice it until I was in college and somebody pointed it out to me and said, oh, it's so funny how your mom speaks to you in Spanish and you completely understand everything she's saying, (laughs) but you just respond to her in English because you're both just speaking your natural language, what's comfortable for you. So do you speak Spanish? I do speak Spanish. I get nervous speaking Spanish. So if I know I'm around Spanish speakers that also are not the most fluent, then I'll be comfortable because we're all, you know, just trying to have a conversation, saying things that may not sound right or the words may come out a little stumbled right. but we're we're fine practicing right with each other or speaking to each other Karina, um, and do you wish your mom would have done something different i'm just trying to take notes over here like what can we yeah. do to <laughs> make a difference um it's so funny too because like my first language was spanish so mm. that like i've seen videos like home videos of me and i'm like who's that little girl like <laughs> i was speaking like perfect spanish and i love when i see little like little kids that are either here or in Mexico or wherever, and they speak like perfect Spanish. Uh And I'm like, that five-year-old speaks better than I can, (laughs) you know? But I think I wish that she would have just, you know, kind of forced me a little bit more to embrace the language or to try a little bit harder instead of what what ended up happening was like you mentioned earlier you know she came here went to school and started learning English and because that was her chance to practice English with me mm-hmm. you know we we would speak English and I was at that time starting school learning English at school honestly learning English by watching TV too yeah. and I started to lose the Spanish that I had you know been fluent in before <laughs> and I think it's up to our own culture you know speaking about Mexican 
American culture, but it's up to us being in the culture and being around people that we have to do a better job of not making people feel like they're less Mexican or Latino because they don't speak perfect Spanish. And in your parents' defense, Karina, and also many people's parents that didn't teach their kids to speak Spanish, they probably were growing up in a time when it wasn't cool to speak Spanish or they were heavily discriminated against for being Latino or speaking broken English. Entonces, they didn't want their kids to experience the same discrimination and that's why they didn't teach them so much about Spanish or their culture. So it sucks that you kind of get made fun of on both sides of the spectrum depending on how you speak either language. Yeah. A funny experience, actually, when I was working in Santa Cruz at the boardwalk, um, and I'm like also very kind of racially ambiguous. Like a lot of people think I'm Asian or Hawaiian or <laughs> anything but Mexican ever. Oh, Santa Cruz and is my so- hood. I love I know, I know. (laughs) Um, So I was working up there and these Latinas came up to order something. And then I think, you know, it was a really busy day. And so I was like, okay, I'll help you in just a minute. Like, I'll be right back. And then they started speaking about me in Spanish, like right in front of me. And so I was like, oh, clearly they don't realize I'm Mexican. And so then when I got back to them, I was like, hola, como te puedo ayudar? And they were like, oh my gosh, shocked. And so I was like, yes, you may not know, like I may not look, like I'm Mexican enough for you, but I still speak Spanish. <laughs> and they were so embarrassed. They were red in the face. And then they proceeded to order in Spanish and were just like mortified. That's and so awesome. That, that you... just stuck with me because I was just like, oh my gosh, like what if, what if even if I wasn't Mexican and I knew Spanish, you know, and they're right. just, they have the gall to stand there and talk about me right in front of my face <laughs> in a language they believe I don't understand. They just assumed. Oh yeah. my goodness. And that's why I want our girls to learn Spanish more than anything. Para que entiendan el chisme. Ah. Hey. You know what hey. I'm saying? Like, que se defienda. You got to defend yourself, girls. Or so they can cheese me out behind people's backs. Wrong. No, just kidding. As a whole, we can do a better job of making people feel comfortable about it. You know the time I felt like I wasn't white enough? When I was in high school and a lot of my white friends would speak about English shows that I was not aware of, you know, like Boy Meets World or what is it? Prince of Bel-Air or Fresh Prince? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> white enough, and that's uh, like a black show. <laughs> but it was like the thing it was or, or like, culture. you know, uh, yeah. Full House. And I was like, yo solo veo novelas, but I understand English, you know? And I was like, I got to start watching these shows. And I started watching them with my brother. And I would start picking up on, you know, the conversation or the chisme of the shows. But it kind of sucked not, like, fitting in. (laughs) Janet's girlfriend's trying to talk to her about Brad Pitt. And all she could think of was Don Francisco. Yeah, Saturday night, (laughs) Sábado Gigante. Fernando Columna. (laughs) That would be me telling her. (laughs) And that's the other part, right? It's like. The, the pop culture and the movies and, and not knowing that can also make you feel like an outsider on either side of things, right? Yeah. And Karina, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't feel like you're being accepted by white America, if you will, and like you didn't belong? I don't have any specific examples, I don't think, but I don't know. I just feel like once people do ask, like when they do ask, you know, what are you? Like, I can't tell what you are. And it's <laughs> like, well, okay, that's kind of rude. But um, like just the way that they ask it makes you feel a little weird. And then you tell them, you know, oh, I'm Mexican-American. And it's kind of like an, oh, like, oh, I thought you were white, but you're not. So, Aww. okay. So it's just kind of weird. Like, where do I, do I get offended <laughs> or or am I happy? You know, like, I don't know what right. the right response is. 
like you see a certain disappointment in their face, like, oh, right. you're thing super exotic yeah. or whatever. You know, there's times where I didn't feel like I was uh, white enough, if you will. And even like working in radio and Karina, by the way, she's worked in radio with me here in L.A. She was the head of HR and she's super successful, super educated. I'm super proud of you, Karina, and your Thank husband you. who just graduated from law school. Felicidades. He's also Latino, right? Yes. And just doing amazing things and representing Latinos in a very positive way. And I, I thank you for that, Karina, because we need more and more of that, especially in the culture we live in now, where Latinos were seen as a problem in la sociedad. But in reality, we are el corazón de este país. You know, we are the heart, mm-hmm. especially during this pandemic, you know, being on the front lines, it, whether it is, you know, from picking strawberries in the fields to working all kinds oh, of jobs in the yeah. medical industry. And, and so on and so forth. So anyways, thank you. I just want to yeah. put that side note. Very proud of your family and what you guys have accomplished, Karina. Oh. But in radio, I started off doing Spanish radio. And then when I crossed over to English radio, there were times where I was legit told by, you know, white management, older white men, hey, um, you're sounding too Latino on the radio. What? And my response to that was, have you ever said that comment to a white radio host? <laughs> you sound too white. You're sounding too white on the radio. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 we don't mean it like that. You know, because immediately they think HR, they think Karina. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I bring that up, and it's because it's like, no, I'm not sounding too Latino. I'm just being myself. Right. It's so challenging that when people feel uncomfortable around you, they want you to adapt to them. rather than them trying to learn more about you or to have a conversation and learn more about my culture. And another experience that I had when I was very young, we moved to a new neighborhood from Santana, California, which is heavily Latino, Mexican, Central American area of Southern California. Oh, yeah, this is a good story. And I never knew that I was really an immigrant or quote unquote a foreigner because everybody else looked like me around me and spoke Spanish and stuff like when I immigrated to this country when I was five. Later on, when I was nine, we moved to the suburbs. We were finally able to buy a home. We saved up. And in the suburbs, you know, on the street that we moved into, there were some white kids and white families that lived there in the Inland Empire of Southern California. And I remember seeing the kids playing across the street, Karina, and they were like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this looks like a freaking TV commercial from Nickelodeon. You know, like the white kids playing on the slip and slide. Yeah. You know, the little slip and slide where there's like a little pool at the end with a little alligator. I was like, yo, I saw this commercial on Nickelodeon. You know, like this is it. And um, I remember being so excited. We moved in the summer and I run across to say hi and say my name and, and try to play with these kids, you know. And they were all white kids. And the first thing they said to me is like, hey, you're a wetback, right? And I was like, what? I didn't even know what that term meant. Wow. I had never experienced racism, discrimination, or feeling like I wasn't this enough or different mm-hmm. in any way. I kind of was like, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Like, what? Like, hey, you know, my name's Edgar. I just <laughs> moved in across the street. You're like, wet back? No, I'm just yeah. on the step of sight. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to get my back wet because yeah. if you guys would invite me to play, you oh. know? And they're like, yeah, you're a wet back, right? You're a wet back. And then they grabbed the hose. And they started spraying my back. And they're like, yeah, you see, you're a wetback. Uh, and I really didn't understand it. And then they started laughing. And then I felt awkward and weird. And I just went home. Can you and explain I, the term a little bit for those who don't know? Yeah, if you don't know, many immigrants from Latin America, especially Mexicanos, are called 
wetbacks it's a racial slur mojados uh -huh. because you know we when we cross the border many of us come and cross through a river uh -huh. and you get your back wet and that's where that racial slur comes from wetback mm -hmm. thanks so i go back home and i tell my mom what happened and i'm just like sad and upset and i was like what does that mean mom and my mom knew and what my mom asked me to do after I told her what these white kids did to me, completely shocked me and blew my mind. I'll tell you all about it coming up next. Después de este mensaje de nuestros amigos de AT&T. Si quieres sacar A plus este regreso a clases, vas a necesitar una respuesta para todos. Papá, ¿un polinomio de segundo grado tiene raíces en los números reales? Eh, bueno, um... Papá, ¿por qué las arañas tienen ocho patas? Este, eh... Hmm. No es complicado. Con AT&T todos sacan A-plus en este regreso a clases con nuestras mejores ofertas en todos los smartphones. Se aplican restricciones y excepciones. All right, familia. So it completely shocked me what my mom asked me to do after explaining to her what these white kids did to me and how they made fun of me, right? She said, what I want you to do is I want you to go back out there and invite them over to our house to come eat dinner with us. And I was like, what? <laughs> after she explained to me that they were basically making fun of me and putting me down, I'm like, why am I going to go invite them over? Mom was like mad, right? And be kind and be, yep. Yeah. And she said, they don't know what they're missing out on. They don't know you. They don't know that you're different. They don't know our culture, and we need to educate them on how beautiful our culture is. And you need to be proud of who you are. Mm -hmm. And it, like, blew my mind, Karina, mm -hmm. that I was like, I didn't want to talk to these kids. I want to tell them off. You know what I'm saying? So my mom legit made me go out there or else I was going to get la chancla. That's amazing. And now these kids have become your like lifetime friends and some of them are coming next weekend. <laughs> yeah, they became my yeah. lifelong friends. They came over and then after that, we couldn't get them out of the house. <laughs> they wanted more tacos al pastor, Ay, more quesadillas, pozole, you know, and they would come and their parents would come to our house parties. Wow. And dance Banda and Quebradita and Vicente Fernandez. And it was like an awesome opportunity to show them our culture. And the reason why I bring this up is if there are times like you don't feel like you're enough and you don't belong to a certain area, that is not your fault. Yeah. It is the other group's people's fault for making you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you for yourself genuinely want to feel like you want to be more of that whether it is Mexican-American, Salvamex, half Salvadoran or half Mexican, whatever your, yeah. your mix is, you can do more for yourself to learn the language, learn the traditions, the pop culture, la cultura, but because you want to know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think the key here is to be proud, right? To be proud. Like I hear Karina and I hear her pride. Like I'm Mexican, yeah. I'm American. I want to show that to my kid. And I think that's what I'm getting out of this because now that the kids are all going back to school, like Ariela in a week, you know, everything's going to be in English. It's like, what is she going to be exposed to and what are we going to instill in her? And first of all, she's going to have to be proud of where she comes from. Su herencia, you know, speaking Spanish, lo poco que sabe hasta ahorita. But, you know, she's got to learn and appreciate what she, yeah. what she already knows. And I can't wait to teach her more. So thank you for reminding us and thank you for texting Edgar that topic. Of course. Karina, moving forward, what would you recommend or what would you say to somebody right now that has had those experiences that you had? 
or maybe continuously are having those experiences now where they don't feel like they're not enough of one side or the other. Well, I'm still thinking about what you said your mom did, you know, and what a beautiful example to show you, hey, let's not, you know, turn our backs on them or ignore them because they called you that term. Let's instead embrace them and show them who we are. And they, you know, like you said, they're lifelong friends now. And that's such a beautiful thing that we could change the minds of not only those kids, but their parents, you know, because they had, they probably had to learn it from somewhere. They heard it somewhere, you know, so it's something that I'm just going to keep in mind, especially as a parent going forward, you know, it's my responsibility to be that figure that your mom was and Mm. give that guidance, you know, that's a beautiful thing that Edgar's parents did for sure. You know, they, they've always been servant leaders and they always want to, you know, show people what it's like to be more godlike greet people with grace and respect and and that's beautiful babe embrace people just in having this conversation one of the things that i was struggling with was feeling like i didn't want people to think that i was trying to um appropriate my own culture (laughs) if that makes sense Uh explain further about that just like you know my husband and i were both mexican our parents are all from mexico and we are first generation american you know born and now that, you know, maybe I I didn't grow up with going to festivals for big uh, Latin, you know, things or anything, but I want to have that be something that we do for our son. And if he wants to do, you know, be in a mariachi band, like my husband was in a mariachi band when he was a little kid, you know, if oh, he wants nice. to do that, then I want to embrace that. But I also don't want people to feel like, oh, how weird she's always been so American in a sense. Right. And didn't do any of those things herself. And now she's like putting it on her son. And I don't know, it just kind of feels like people want to make a fight out of things sometimes. If that makes more sense. than ever now, more think, than ever. Yeah. I don't think there's an argument there. I mean, you are who you are. You are Mexican right. and that's a fact. So you <laughs> wanting to instill that in your son, I see no issue there. Yeah. And I think you keep saying something that's so key, Karina, which is embracing. And I think we need to switch out a little bit of vocabulary and saying that instead of saying I'm not enough of this or I'm not enough of that, because that's really demeaning on yourself Yeah. to switch it over to, I would like to embrace mm-hmm. more of that side of my identity. I would like to embrace more of that side of my culture. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking it as a negative, right? As of I'm not enough of this, let's switch the vocabulary to say, I want to embrace this more. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late to embrace all that you are. Mm -hmm. And nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. I mean, people can judge all the hell, all they want, Karina. (laughs) And you know people are because Mm -hmm. that's what insecure people do to make themselves feel better is judge others, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, thank you for being so vulnerable and open about what are people going to say about me now that I want my child to be like, Arriba Mexico, <laughs> no, just kidding, you know what I'm saying? And like when they saw you growing up, maybe you weren't as in touch. But what a beautiful lesson you could teach them and others of saying, hey, mm-hmm. I feel like I missed out. And yeah. now I want to embrace it. And I want my son to live life to the fullest mm-hmm. potential of his identity and culture. Y que bendición, right, guys? What a blessing it is that we get to experience these two cultures, mm-hmm. at least at minimum. and experience music in Spanish, music in English. Like we get to enjoy life twice as much. Exactly. Compared to other people that maybe that are only like 
mono in their culture. Just yeah. have one culture and that's it. Yeah. You know, growing up, I I have an older brother. He's six years older than me. And my parents didn't allow my brother and I to speak English at home at all. If they heard us speak uh, English, they would like... You know, like, give us a warning and then speak. Yeah. But then I would be like, why don't you guys learn English? And growing up, it was like, oh, why? So we would hide so we can speak English, you know, to each other. But now I thank them because I've had the blessing to have really cool jobs. Like, I used to work as an executive assistant to an ambassador of Mexico in San Francisco. And I even got to translate a lot of the, you know, official documents. So I got to speak Spanish and English and they didn't want my brother and I to speak broken um, Spanish, like most of my cousins. And growing up, it was like, why? Why the heck don't you speak English? You know, mm-hmm. Jenna still whispers when she says that because she thinks her parents are going to hear her. Why don't you speak English? But it's so Jenna's all whispering it like they're about to come into the room right now. No, but it's so interesting to hear Karina's story. And it's like, it was the opposite. You know, like her mom was trying to learn and trying to... And, and I appreciate my parents now more than ever. You know, my mom got her GED, got cosmetology license. Like, right. she did a lot of it without learning a lot of English. They're both U.S. citizens. They're business and owners. They're yeah. bus- and they don't know a lot of English still. Yeah. But they're so proud of their, you know, the roots. And now yeah. it's like, oh, man. But I think that's what Karina said earlier when you said, Karina, I, I wish my mom would have, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said something like, kind of like forced you to speak Spanish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, just, you know, invited it more. Yeah. You know what's Encouraged interesting? Encouraged it, yeah. That's yes. so funny you say that, babe, because yesterday we were talking to Ariela and we said, hey, Ariela. We were at the beach. Yeah, Ariela, say it in Spanish. And she kept saying, Dada, come. I want to, what, what did she say? I want to. We were at the beach, so we we're at the sand. And then she's like, Dada, I want to go put my feet in the water. Yeah. And I said, dímelo en español. Y no quería, and she's she like, want. I don't know how. But you forced her. And I'm like, si sabes. Uh-huh. And then she's like, okay. She's right here watching us He's talk like, about her. <laughs> Chula. She just walked into the room. Ariela, ven. Ven al micrófono, por favor. Come say hi to my friend Karina. Dile hola. Hi, Chula. Ariela, <laughs> how do you say, I want to go put my feet in the water? En español. Do you remember? En español. Sí, ayer lo dijo. Lo dijo muy bien. Yo quiero... Quiero tu... God, I want to kiss. She's like twirling her hair. Like. <laughs> but that's the constant battle, right? Yep. Is that yeah. they feel comfortable speaking in English and we get it and we have to encourage them yeah, more and more often and not. But um, we're all in this together, familia. Yes. This is such a interesting and awesome conversation Karina and thank you for bringing it up and and I think it's it's so important that we got to know our identity and we got to know our self-worth and now not give up so much of that power to other people to define us right Mm -hmm. we're all on different walks in our journey in regards to knowing our culture language on both sides but at the end of the day we are always enough because somos hijos e hijas de Dios period your worth is always 100% you yeah. are enough. Mm, and that's like exciting. That. that is. And we should celebrate that more, right, Karina? Like with yes. our children. And how old is your son right now? He's two and a half, almost three. Oh, congrats. It's like uh, Lani. Yeah, Lani. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right around there. Three in March. Yeah, I think uh, Lani was a couple months behind uh, him. He's from November. Uh, uh-huh, yeah, Lani's de Marzo. Marzo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
And you know what, Karina? You just gave us a really good idea. One of our next episodes, babe, we got to get an expert on with us that can give us tools yeah. and ideas on how to raise our how children. How to force them to speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> to be bilingual. How to embrace it. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely do a part two to this and really focus on how to emerge our children in both languages. That's awesome. Any other wisdom you would like to share with our audience? I think it's just been really helpful to have this conversation with you both. And um, I know I message you all the time, Edgar, especially related to like your podcast, but I just want to thank you both for all the conversations you have and how I'm going to cry, <laughs> how real and honest you always are. Um, Don't cry. You're the last, make me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> over okay, the last you're allowed to cry. <laughs> You all have, you know, unknowingly touched on so many topics that hit close to home for me. And I know for so many other people. So you even inspired me to start my own podcast. You know, it just hearing you have those conversations really opened that up for me. And I'm just so blessed that, you know, I got to meet you, Edgar, when I did and that we continue this beautiful friendship that I really adore and admire both of you for. So thank you. <laughs> Rina, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. That means the world to, to, to us. You were there for us during one of the most difficult times in my life and in our marriage and in my career. And that's when I lost my job here at the LA radio station. And Karina was the head of HR. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Karina. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no. It definitely wasn't her fault. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a blessing in disguise, to be honest with you. But with that being said, you were so helpful yeah. in getting everything that I needed to be able to continue to have insurance for my family, to continue to get all, all the benefits and the things that were owed to me. Mm -hmm. And you would respond so quickly and we're just doing above and beyond for us to make sure that my family was still provided for and taken care of. Did she respond in white people time or Latino time? (laughs) White people or Latino. She responded in super people time, Um, super friendship time, because uh, you were were there for us in a very difficult moment in, in our time. And, the first time ever in my career to go through something like that. And, and I just want to thank you for the compassion and empathy that you showed during that time and how amazing you, you were. So thank, thank you. you. And I know you're no longer there anymore. Tell us about your new journey. Ah, uh, so, you know, it, radio had been changing and I just felt <laughs> really? like I, <laughs> I, um, was not in the happy days anymore of my career. And I, for my mental health needed to do something that was going to make me happy. Um, so I decided to resign with, you know, no job lined up or anything. I needed wow. to take that chance on myself. And I did, and was very blessed to, you know, land a job somewhere where now I get to, you know, find benefits for my employees that are outside of the box and, you know, help them with their own parenthood journeys and fertility and, you know, anything that will make them happy instead of always delivering those unfortunate, you know, severance papers. Uh, so I'm, I'm really, really happy to have made that change for myself and for my family. You know, it just has affected me in a positive way to, you know, radio was so wonderful when I was there and I loved it for a moment, but that kind of burned out and now I have a new fire. So love that. So birth and stuff is uh, helping women that are about to give birth. 
Birth and Stuff is a passion project that I kind of just created during the pandemic um, because I started realizing that there were not a lot of people talking about what they went through, through pregnancy and parenthood and all of the things. Uh, I felt like I was always Googling or researching who can I talk to about the way I'm feeling, you know, staying up late, crying because I can't breastfeed my own child or whatever it may be. And I, I couldn't find a lot of those resources or groups. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to host a podcast where I talk to real people. And, you know, I'm not giving any medical advice. I'm not, you know, <laughs> here to do right. any of that. I'm just here to share people's stories from mm. their own words. And um, yeah, it's just very open conversations where, you know, you you can hear about what someone's pregnancy and yeah. birth experience was like. It's so good to, awesome. to hear that and just know that you're not alone, right? When you do feel yeah. so alone going yes. through something like that. So thank you for being inspired to two things. And we'll wrap up with this one to do this podcast birth and stuff that you can listen to on all podcast platforms to help and encourage other women that are going through this and, and fathers as well. And number two is thank you because by you leaving a place that you were no longer happy in mm -hmm. taking that leap of faith to say, I don't have another job lined up. But I know that God has blessed me enough with my gifts and talents. And I know my worth. Yes. I know what I can offer and provide. I know that job will come. And this podcast is so unselfish that she's trying to help others. Yeah, but that's yeah. Karina that's at her heart, amazing. babe. Uh -huh. And I can understand why she was like wanting to peace out of radio when she did. Because, you know, radio, because of the pandemic, has been through a lot of challenges. And a lot of people have lost their jobs. Yeah. So I can imagine you continuously delivering these kinds of news to people. Yeah. Um, and how difficult that was. But I just want to encourage anybody else that's listening right now that you know you're unhappy in whatever situation you are right now and you've tried it all to to try to be happy but it's not working to know your worth to know that you are worth it to get out of that situation into a situation that you can embrace and reach your full potential and know that you could be a blessing to others in that platform mm -hmm. like Karina did yeah. so felicidades Karina that is amazing to Thank take you. that leap yeah. especially having a family and having to yeah. provide and i know your your husband was still in Law school law at the school, time. Yeah. So it's like, what are you it was that bad. Job, you know? <laughs> so that's brave. Yeah. That's brave Thank right you. there. And you're setting a great example for your son already. Thank that you. Will. We love you, Karina. Thank you for hanging we out with you us. Yay. Thank, Thank you. you so much for your kind words. They really blessed me. And um, if you guys want to know more about us, follow us on hashtag losotelos or losotelos.com. Yeah, you can always connect with us there. Also, if you want to connect with Karina, what's the best uh, Instagram handle or email to connect with you, Karina? Yeah, if they want to share their story or if they want to be yeah. part of whatever you guys need. Yeah, if you want to share your story, you can visit my website, birthandstuff.com, and you can find me on Instagram at birthandstuffpod. Yeah, I'm always looking for people to speak to and make new friends. I consider everyone that I have on the podcast a friend because we talk about so much. <laughs> right, so vulnerable, and it's like, oh, so exactly. tell me, how many centimeters were you dilating? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get real close real quick. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Karina. Te queremos. Thank you. All right, thank love you. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Remember to love, serve, and celebrate each other. Thank you for your reviews and sharing our podcast on your social media. We love you, and have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sotelos Podcast Good morning, Dada It's a past day over It's a past day over It's a past day over
When you're a Delta Sky Miles Reserve American Express card member, your favorite meal in another city is just an online booking away. Así que conocerás dónde se consigue el mejor pan dulce to have with your morning cafecito in L.A. Where's the best pupusería in the Bay? ¿Y dónde encontrar la salsa verde más rica en San Antonio? Because you're the travel foodie. The Delta Sky Miles Reserve American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know reserve.